As of right now, we are at war. How desperate You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast for the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. And today we are in the latter. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host, Christopher Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I am very excited to talk about all this MCU stuff. Got a lot of Spider-Man trailer. We do. You know, very multiversal. It's going to get weird. That's right. We just had to jump right into this discussion today, and we just thought it was a fun thing to put on the feed because, you know, we're going to talk about Spider-Man and this new trailer because it was kind of an unexpected thing that happened. Namely, the trailer got leaked online and Sony and Marvel kind of got ahead of the leak and they posted it. But you never know how these things actually go. Like, was the leak some marketing and stuff? We'll get to that later, but it's out. We're going to discuss it. We're going to go through what happens in the trailer And then we're going to give our thoughts and what it probably means for the MCU going forward, because I think Loki set the stage for this, which we'll talk about in next episode. But I think that they're kind of showing a lot of their hand here of probably the next five years of the MCU. We probably need to hold it there, like contain that thought and return to it at the end, especially return to it in Loki. But they're showing a lot of cards here right up front, too. It's kind of crazy. Yes, they are. Let's just get right into it. Like we said, you know, both doing well. I'm back in Tulsa. Job's going good. You know, everything's fine. Um, (laughs) They start this trailer off. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. This is really, really close to the end of the previous movie. Yeah, Far From Home. I think it's shortly after. I always want to say, yeah, I always want to say No Way Home, even though it's this is No Way Home. Yeah, it's super interesting, Chris, that they've chosen this route with these Spider-Man movies to always incorporate the word home in the titles. It started with the first one with Tom Holland, and they've kind of just run with it since. So maybe this is a theme we have going forward, at least with Tom Holland's stories. Mm, maybe. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, man, I you know, this could be the beginning of the end for old Tommy H here in the uh, MCU. <laughs> Well, we can get into that. So, of course, spoilers going forward, because we're going to talk about spoilers, I assume they're going to come up organically from not only Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and turns out probably a lot of the other Spider-Man movies that came before that from Sony. So, let's just get right into it, Chris. MJ and P. 
Peter are talking about how it's kind of insane that the whole world knows his identity now. And then they show a montage of scenes of a lot of things. There's protesters. He's on the news. He's in Times Square. It's chaotic at his school. This is a storyline we've, we've done in Marvel before, but we did it in a different story. We did it in Civil War. And it was actually a major point of the Civil War storyline. Now, some of this has happened in Spider-Man's past. You know, he's been revealed to certain people and all these things, but it makes me feel more like Civil War because Peter actually comes out and gives a press conference, you know, and reveals his identity to the world on good faith with Iron Man. You know how that mistake. goes. Mistake. <laughs> he quickly changes sides later. Of course it was a mistake because, I mean, for storytelling purposes, who knows how it would play out in real life. But, like, yeah. for the character, for the story, he had to regret it and it had to go wrong. But, yeah, man, fame, fame is tough. And superheroes are a really good way to explore that space. And that's done beautifully in The Wicked and the Divine from Image Comics. Please go check it out. What a great comic. Excellent. So, anyway, what, let's talk about it here. So, we get them on this roof it is clear they are, I mean, it's, they're good. They're we official. Get, yeah, they're for real. They're Facebook official. You know, it just strikes me the whole time I watched this thing, this storyline in comics was not well received. Right. That's a good point to bring up. People did not like it. And I'm not sure. I am not sure people are going to like it now, but this trailer is so good and exciting and there's so much kind of references back and Easter eggs and nods and winks that I think people are going to love it. Yeah. So you're talking about more importantly, just the basis of the storyline being built around right. Peter's identity being revealed to the world. Cause you know, this is a major part of the superhero stories, which we do love us as the viewer know who their alter ego is, but most, if not all of the world doesn't, we get to see Clark Kent take the glasses off, you know, and rip the shirt. Presumably no one else sees that, you know, it's off camera. That's how these things are treated. And it's a fun way to spin it on its head, at least in a movie that we know is going to go to the masses. It's going to go to not necessarily just comic book nerds, but you know, everyone that watches the MCU, which these days is almost everyone. So it's a pretty compelling story to start this, Chris, I think. And, you know, it's a fun way to start what the real story is and how they're kind of jumping off of the end of Loki, jumping off the end of WandaVision and those branches of the timeline and multiverse, I'm assuming are going to, they're just going to keep multiplying with this potentially. And I surely hope they do. And that we get a proper spider verse. That's what this is all leads to, right? I mean, theoretically i don't know would they be ambitious enough to do a live action spider-verse yeah why not it makes money i think they can make a lot of money with it so it's a question of can they take on the task like you said yeah that's the true question well then i'm going to buy first appearances of spider pig and spider punk now right and even spider noir you can get that you know that one's already going up bud i know it's just too cool of an art style on that one Yep. Jumping forward in the trailer a little bit, like I mentioned, Peter's being filmed by everyone at his school. The world is watching him, right? Peter alludes to, this isn't even about me anymore. It's about my friends. It's about Ned. It's about Aunt May. It's about MJ. It's about Happy. All these people that could be caught in the firing line of his life colliding with theirs because they actually know his identity, right? They did before. They were his closest confidants. And, you know, this is kind of where the trailer takes a turn, Chris. We see Peter go to the Sanctum Sanctorum and find Strange. Also, let's mention that Strange's house, it's completely an Arctic wasteland at this point. <laughs> and Strange is wearing uh, multiple jackets and a hoodie, which is pretty funny. Funny look for him. But I will mention, 
this is the beginning of, I think it's pretty obvious, the new mentorship for Peter. It was Robert Downey Jr. before as Iron Man. And it's interesting route that they're making strange this. And this actually gives me hope for even more strange content than we thought we were getting. Well, that's that's exactly what I was kind of hoping we'd get to here is that I'm really excited for the possibility of Strange and Benedict Cumberbatch kind of being the faces of the MCU. You know, what what are we in phase, whatever? I mean, we need to call, we need to switch from phases. We need something bigger than a phase. Yeah, there's events, right? Uh, yeah, event two, I guess, is, is what we're on. So Chris, we just now started phase four with Black Widow, with the new MCU shows, with Shang-Chi, then Eternals. You know, Spider-Man's right on this list, too, of Phase 4. So, I mean, this is kind of the meat of the Act 1 of Phase 4, really, you know? And I think the stage was set with Loki, which we'll get into our Loki episode, but I think the stage was set more probably for Phase 5, what's really going to happen there, you know? So this Phase 4 is going to kind of be an exploratory phase, I'm assuming. I'm hoping. You think this new this new cast and crew are just kind of finding themselves, experimenting? Phase one through three told one story, right? So I think they're kind of, as you said, they're finding new faces to lead the MCU, and they're kind of locking down a new phase one. This phase four will be a new phase one in a way, you know? I mean, obviously we have returning characters like Strange and Spider-Man, but then we have films in this phase like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, like The Eternals, like Shang-Chi, like Black Panther Wakanda Forever, like Thor Love and Thunder, The Marvels, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and then probably Fantastic Four at the end of the phase. So this is just the things where it's like, this is obviously not a phase one, but it's kind of a, we're kind of resetting in the middle. It's a reset, know? yeah. Yeah. We're getting new leads. We're getting new storylines starting. Yeah, we're transitioning feuds. The old, there it is. the old champion has lost. The new champion begins their reign. I don't know who the new champion I guess it's Kang. It is definitely Kang because, I mean, you know how early they started Thanos, like on just end credits and stuff, so of phase one through three. So I think we're going to see the same thing in this phase and phase four, and I think phase five is where it's going to get really serious probably. But I think it's going to get serious probably the end of, say, phase four. But that makes me super excited about phase five. Like, what's happening there? What's strange about this phase, Chris, is there's going to be a lot of experimentation, and, and I hope all of it does well. But I don't necessarily think all of it will, but I'm happy to be really wrong, you know, because it is so experimental. And there are things that people don't even have any nostalgia ties to, like the Eternals. I'm talking about the general public. That's the experiment. Yes. That's the experiment. Will these characters that never really penetrated into pop culture... right? Will they resonate in 2021 in a way maybe they didn't in the 60s or 70s or 80s or on screen? But if you put faces like Thor, Valkyrie, you know, Jane Foster's Thor, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Benedict Cumberbatch as Strange, and even some of the returning cast members from films like Black Panther and Ant-Man, I mean, I think you can kind of lead the new characters in and ease the audience in. Right, and that's what they're betting on as well. And yeah. I sincerely hope it works. And I think they've done a really good job thus far. In my eyes, it remains to be seen. Mine too. We're going to have some swings and we're going to have some misses in this phase, which, you know, how many misses can they have? Ooh, good question. Well, yeah, interest is waning, not necessarily in Marvel, but just, you know, I think people have superhero fatigue. So 100%. It's obvious they have to do innovative things. That's why shows like Loki and WandaVision exist. 
how much can they innovate really in the movies? Because the movies, I think, are more constrained, obviously, by time and by budgets. Like, they're really big budgets. And they have to make a certain amount of money and they have to please a certain amount of people when like the Disney Plus shows don't necessarily have to. You know, if you're playing for a Disney Plus subscription and you're only watching The Mandalorian, you're not interested in Marvel content, you're kind of feeding money into both productions as as a viewer, as a streamer. So it's very interesting, but I am here for it. I was getting fatigued. You know, there's ebbs and flows of the MCU where I've been super fatigued as well. Like phase two was one of those for me, but then there's always like innovative things that just bring me back in so hardcore, you know, and I hope we just continue those. And I'm super hyped right now because of Loki in just the TV show format. I think that's a good format for the MCU. I think it's so good. And the Spider-Man trailer, Chris, uh, has me very excited, has me very excited. And that's not just because Peter Parker's my favorite superhero, and that's not because the Spider-Villains are some of my favorite villains, but the implications this trailer's giving us of what might happen, not only in this movie, but in the rest of the MCU, is very ambitious. It's very ambitious. Yeah, man, they're really kind of breaking some walls, some meta-world walls. Yeah. To make these films with IP laws and everything, but also just asking the audience, the general American populace, to be able to follow along with something that's going to be spanning different dimensions and bringing in characters from 20-year-old movies, maybe? Yeah, yeah, 15-year-old movies, for sure. It's not a, it's not, not a risk. No, but I also think it's safe in certain ways, too, which we'll get to that. So, returning to the trailer... You know, we have Strange in his snow gear, and Peter has an idea. He says, what if you could cast a spell that could make the world forget that Spider-Man is Peter Parker? And Wong says, whatever you do, Strange, do not cast that spell. And then Wong leaves, and Wong shouldn't have left. Wong is always the moral compass of Strange, even more so in the comics, right, Chris? We talked about that in our Doctor Strange episode. Well, you know, he's got he's got a new sidekick. Well, there you go. Hinting at that. But Strange does cast the spell. And then we get into the craziness of the rest of the trailer. Can I just say how cool the effects look for when he's casting the spell? Oh, Particularly man. when he's pouring out of the that, that bottle of magical essence, substance, whatever. But yeah, man, the special effects look great. This is almost like Doctor Strange 1.5 before Doctor Strange 2, you know? Oh, just in the same way that Civil War was Avengers... 2.5, I, I really do believe that this is furthering the strange story, bringing Peter into it. I believe you're going to see, I mean, the Eternals, there's been some of the newer trailers have shown some of the characters that are going to be in it. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it, but they're already starting all these movies on a line that will bring them together in a very, in in some kind of way. We'll see what these catalysts are and how the stories develop, but it really looks like you know, they might call it Avengers 4. <laughs> yeah, you never know, right? What happens next in the trailer, Chris, is, of course, the most Tom Holland thing ever. Tom Holland's just talking so much, and Strange loses concentration, and the spell breaks. And then we hear Benedict doing a lot of exposition in the trailer where he's like, as much as we know about the universe, even with the mystic arts, like the multiverse is something we've never been able to fully understand and control. And unfortunately, Peter, we broke that we ripped it open and they're showing you know a lot of stuff from dr strange one like buildings inverting and going going into themselves and you know we also have some cool scenes of uh 
you know, once again, this mentorship, this sort of partner in crime situation with Doctor Strange and Peter instead of Iron Man and Peter. Cool scenes, you know? We got a train scene and we got Strange presumably mystically controlling all these train cars around him like a Sith Lord. That's great. But then they go into more exposition, which is basically strange mentoring Peter saying, the problem is you're trying to live two different lives in this. And we ended up breaking the fabric of the universe because you couldn't just face that yourself. And I don't know. There's a lot of interesting things here, Chris, about like the Peter Parker story. We've always talked about that. They're kind of playing with previous storylines and they're kind of bringing different things into it and it gets crazy like we see a lot of crazy things so starting with we see peter in the iron suit we see peter in his regular suit we see people hunting peter with guns we don't know what's going on there we see john favreau in trouble as happy we see peter in the black suit we see peter in the black suit we see a glimpse of what Chris and I believe to be lizard in the sewer. Could be venom or something. I'm not doubting that. It's probably lizard, which is crazy. But yeah, Peter in the black suit in a scene with a lot of electricity. Interesting. What does that mean? This could be could be something in the mystic arts. It also could be electro. Chris getting extra extra weird and detail oriented here because I know the old Spider-Man movie so well. We see Goblin's pumpkin bomb and we hear Willem Dafoe's laugh. We do. We don't see him. I think that's great that they're saving that for the movie. I Honestly, they should not put that in the next trailer. They should save no, 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 Willem no. Dafoe for the movie, 100%. But before we even get to Dr. Octopus, spoilers, Peter is wearing the exact same outfit that Tobey Maguire is wearing in Spider-Man 2 when he's fighting Doc Ock. So if anything, that just tells you, like, not necessarily that Tobey Maguire is going to be in the movie, that I think he probably will in the least as a cameo, but I think it's just one of those things that confirms that Peter's in that universe, probably, and that he might even be wearing the clothes that that Peter Parker wore in that universe. And does that mean that Tobey Maguire is going to get Uncle Ben in that universe? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Like, they're doing, they're doing a lot of crazy things with this story. You know... Something I was thinking about the black suit is what struck me because okay. it's the same. It's the same black suit from Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. Three with the kind of silver accents. Yes, you know this very well could just be Peter quantum leaping into that you know version of Spider-Man. Right. Maybe we'll see Garfield and Maguire cameos when Peter looks at himself in the mirror. Right. And they oh, they're gosh. staring back at him. That's crazy. Just like quantum leap, man. Well, and that would support our lizard theory, too, in the sewers, right? Because Peter's the Andrew Garfield Peter in that scene, and Blizzard is hunting him. And they did a good job with Lizard in that movie. They really did. So it's one of those things that I'm so excited. Because like, if, if the Peters team up, even if it's briefly, that's amazing. If it's this Quantum Leap thing, that's very interesting and very Doctor Strange adjacent. They could do so many things with this, Chris. But most importantly, most important of all this, and before we get to Doc Ock, most importantly is the door is much more open for the Spider-Verse. It just is. It feels like we're kind of building to that. Mm-hmm. Especially if this movie does well, right? Well, right. And, I mean, Sony's only letting Marvel have Spider-Man for so long, right? Right. So many pictures. We're going to have to transition into Miles at some point, so it kind of feels like that point's coming. That's true. And also, Sony and... Disney made a lot of deals where it's like, like I said in that Mobius trailer, how that's out. I keep forgetting that movie's a thing. Right? And that Tom Holland's homecoming vulture is in that trailer. Right. It's very telling that also in these deals, Sony and Disney were like, what's mutually beneficial for everyone? If we do go the Spider-Verse route or whatever route we go, 
we can have crossover of villains too. Namely, I was telling you, Chris, just Venom made so much money. That movie made <laughs> so much money. It's absurd because it wasn't even really that expensive of a movie to make compared to the Marvel movies. They have plans. They, both these companies are going to make money. <laughs> it's the biggest thing. Yeah. And if we all benefit, if we get Miles and Gwen, if we get more Peter Parker stories, if we get more Peter Parkers, and more importantly, if we get all the Spider-Man villains and Honestly, if they're cherry picking the best villains from the best eras, which it seems like they are, if they're grabbing Doc Ock for and this Green movie Goblin, anyway, we'll, for this we'll movie. see. Right. Yeah, we'll see. The the well's going to run dry at some point. Well, you know, Carnage is coming out not too far out, and that's going to tell us more information too, because that's one of Sony's projects in this multiverse of Spider Man. Right? Will it have any connection to Peter? We don't know, but it's one of those things. Like it's more information that we'll have, and. You know, Chris, that's all I want is I want Peter Parker and Venom against Carnage. It's really all I want. I know, buddy. That's what I want from a spectacle standpoint and a fun standpoint. What I really want is compelling Peter Parker stories and why the Spider-Verse is so good is because there's multiple versions of Peter Parker, Gwen, Miles, all these different spider people. And we get different facets of the character, but more importantly, like we get Peter, he's stretched in different ways, right? Or dies, or there's there's all sorts of things, right? And that is great character development, and that is great storytelling, because you're, you're taking the character different ways. So, if we get spectacle on top of that, like we get Doc Ock in the modern MCU with modern effects, if we get Green Goblin in the modern MCU, because I don't want anyone else playing Green Goblin, because I only want Willem Dafoe. And case in point, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie did Hobgoblin, sort of. They kind of did a hybrid of both. It just didn't yeah. work. It just didn't work like Willem Dafoe's Goblin works. And part of that is because maybe people were probably thinking about Willem Dafoe. It's kind of the Batman-Joker effect, you know? It, it's, it helps and hurts sometimes. But it's one of those things, like, if we get more of the fun and then we also get more good stories and character development, we just win. Like, we just win overall, <laughs> you know? Like, especially if those villains come into these movies and make the spider- protagonists the spider people protagonists tell better stories we just win all around because we're getting cool villains but more importantly they're telling a story about our protagonist you know that's working because i think spider-man's unique in the mcu because it's cool that they've done this whole thing with tom holland spider-man and they've made it work so well in the mcu but i'm i'm interested for more spider-man stories that still fit in the mcu but are a little bit more spider-man centric that's one of the only downsides of the modern mcu spider-man movies you know that's just kind of the downside of the modern mcu 100 percent. these movies take a very long time to make they're very expensive yeah movies are honestly monumental undertakings in general, to make yeah. yeah yeah in general and you're just not going to get these. <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to get companies. them in yeah, you're not going to get them in this quality from anywhere else at this point. Animation can can move a little faster, but right. Yeah, like I mean, how many how many times have I talked smack about the X-Men movies, this pre-MCU Spider-Man movies? Right. No one else has figured out how to do superhero movies. I mean, Invincible was good. <laughs> the boys is good. Yeah. I mean, they're existing IPs, but they hadn't permeated pop culture. There's a lot of good Superman movie, superhero movies over the years. It's just the MCU is a different entity entirely, you know? I don't know that there have. I mean, the Nolan trilogy. I'm not a huge fan of the Nolan trilogy. That's right. We've talked about that before. That's Chris's hot take of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're good movies. Don't get me wrong. That's the thing. 
they're great movies with Batman in them, right? Like they're great Nolan movies with Batman in them. And that's a whole nother discussion. But I think that makes them better movies in my mind. Like the biggest weakness of the MCU to me sometimes is the MCU always has to feel and look and sound and be a certain way. So when it deviates, like Loki, sound, music, look, writing, pace, when it deviates, it's I'm much more interested. I think you're going to see more deviation. Yes. They rode the Marvel Marvel template. Oh, that formulaic pattern. Yeah. yeah. They rode that till they couldn't anymore. I think we're going to start breaking that quite a bit. Yeah. And then we'll see a return to it. And this is why movies like Thor Ragnarok are so good, right? Because the MCU template is shattered, but it's also using your nostalgia and your emotional connection to the character's from previous movies that were just template based. And then Taika Waititi is like doing something super unique, you know, with a movie like that, which is why Thor four, I'm going to be there day one, Chris, first showing, first showing at the theater, you know, they need to do more of that. I think they're ready. Cause I think movies like infinity war, like we said, even James Gunn's guardians of galaxy one and movies like winter soldier. And then all these new shows, they've proven that people love those critics love those and that they can break the formula and it works. Right. And I think they're just going to do more of that. I think the Spider-Man trailer is proof of that, right? And, then you know, the trailer ends with Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2, which is without a doubt considered the best of that trilogy by critics and viewers alike. It's the movie people always reference, so the old ones that they liked. Definitely not Spider-Man 3. You don't reference that one. <laughs> you don't. It's cursed. My, my boy Venom got done so dirty in that movie. He just got brought in the last, you know, 15 minutes, you know, just because... Sony went to Rami and said, Venom has to be in this movie. And Rami said, but this is Sandman's movie. And they said, doesn't matter. Get him in there. <laughs> cool, man. And he's like, but that makes the movie not work as well. Get him in and get Topher Grace to play Eddie Brock. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Topher Grace would have been a great Peter Parker, actually. I don't want to live in this space. <laughs> this isn't where I want to play. I want to talk about how good Dr. Octopus looks in this trailer he's definitely been de-aged which is great because they right. want him to look the same age he was in 2004 so it's great his coat everything oh yeah the costume's great it looks good and he's awesome truth if you listen to our Doc octopus episode of the show still when i was back in the day when i was doing after credit scenes on our show a lot of work to do that i put the <laughs> dr octopus him re revealing his arms for the first time scene after you know and so it's so well done and, you know, Raimi was wild, man. He got away with stuff in that movie that you could not get away with the MCU, like the scene where they're operating on the arms and trying to remove him off Doc Doc's body. And we have a full Evil Dead 2 just murder scene. The arms just murdering every doctor in the room. Yeah, you're not going to see that in the MCU yet. <laughs> I think it will happen eventually. Yeah. We will we will get some more adult-oriented films, but yeah. But here's what's not, fine, not Chris. Yet. This is what I'm talking about with this multiverse stuff. And they're actually pulling from cinema we know, and they're they're also pulling from the multiverse. That presumably still happened with this character. We're not going to see it in the MCU, but we know it happened. So it's one of those things like Tom Holland's Peter Parker fighting this Doc Ock. We know how ruthless he is. We know how violent he is. There's something there. You know, there's like a, a tie. And that's interesting. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see them just play around with that concept. They've been doing it in the Terminator movies for years. Half the time it's been great. Half the time it's been bad, you know. But when it works, it works. You know, it's one of those things. I, I guess. I quit paying attention to that franchise a while ago. Yeah, it was for the best, for sure. It's just one of those things, like, there's more to this trailer than just cameos and Easter eggs. It's 
more this concept we're talking about, which is so interesting, you know, like the way they're going to stretch Peter, but also the Spider-Man universe and the MCU. Everything's being stretched and we don't know what's going to happen, really. We know it's going to lead into Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. So it's like Strange has now followed the events of WandaVision, Loki, and then this Spider-Man movie. There's going to be a lot of crazy things going on in the multiverse that Strange has to deal with. And then we got Quantumania not too long after that, Chris. So we've got a lot of this multiverse storyline and phase four. Pretty excited for Quantumania. I liked both Ant-Man films quite a bit to this point. So They have their ups and downs, but I mean, they've got, they've got some high highs, that's for sure, for the Ant-Man movies. So I'm very excited for that. Also, you know, having the full Ant crew go into, the, you know, the quantum realm fully and just go full crazy sci-fi with the story, you know? I'm here for it. Now, the Spider-Man movie doesn't come out until December, Chris, and I've got some thoughts about this, and I think you might have some thoughts about this, too. And I actually posted this in our Patreon Discord, and I think it's a pretty funny meme where we're talking about, we've got What If right now. We've got Shang-Chi coming out right now. We've got Venom 2 Carnage coming shortly, and we've got The Eternals coming all before this Spider-Man movie in December. You could say this is genius marketing, or it's poor marketing, because everyone's focused on Spider-Man right now. And Chris, this became one of the most viewed trailers of all time in the first 24 hours. That's exactly why they did it, I think. Okay, tell me about it. I think they are trying to get everyone very hyped up for the MCU's return. Because let's be honest, Black Widow was not a return for the MCU. It was tying a neat bow onto the last phase of the MCU. Yeah, and doing a movie that's completely... A prequel. And we know what happens after. Yeah, and passing a mantle. Yes. That didn't feel new. None of that felt like the return of the MCU. It was just looking back at the past a little bit. Kind of like Solo never felt that impactful in the right. Star Wars uh, canon. It's because we know where Han ends up. We know where Han does much later, right? It's one of those right. things. Even though I thought Solo was very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Very underrated. I, I, I'm really thinking they're using this because they know this is the movie that everyone is looking forward to this is the one everyone has pegged okay the others they're not sure about and i'm not talking about people like you and me jesse we're we are (laughs) first night of shang chi type guys definitely you know what i mean definitely the average you know consumer of the big marvel movies is probably a skipping shang chi kind of person oh certainly and and probably skipping eternals because they don't know what it is and Probably haven't seen Loki. Probably haven't seen, you know, any of the Disney Plus shows. They've maybe seen Loki at the most. Probably. That's okay. Just because Tom you're, returning is you're better. Well, you're better at you're better at looking at those numbers and things <laughs> than I am. But but what I'm kind of getting at is this is the absolute biggest property and movie they have to get everybody revved up for the MCU. Phase four in particular. Yes. And everybody's revved up and ready to get back into this world and get out of ours for a second. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is that, you know, little peek behind the curtain. We're we're recording this a few days before Shang-Chi comes out. But this is going to get people all excited and revved up. And then they're going to hear from people like me and Jesse that Shang-Chi is awesome and that they should go see it. And they're like, well... Yeah, I should. It might scratch that Spider-Man itch that I've got. And I think that is absolutely the the thought process, and I think it's smart. Not even a Spider-Man itch, just like feel the excitement until December, and December's like the culmination in a way, because it's like, it's the most recognizable character for Marvel fans and just the world 
that's left in the MCU, right? I mean, exactly. he's Spider-Man, man. Like, he's still the biggest character. It doesn't matter how big Captain America and Iron Man and Thor got with the MCU, and I'm so amazed that they did get that big, but it's still Spider-Man. I mean, you've got Spider-Man, Batman, and Superman. They're always going to bring a large gambit of people, you know, spread out all, all over, like, with their fandom, you know? It's true. It's true. And they're three of my favorite characters. I'm guilty of this. But, you know, it's because they've got some really great stories. And I'm excited to see more of these stories. And this movie's going to be that. Shang-Chi's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. I have it on very good authority that that movie is awesome. That's awesome to hear. Shout out, Jason, if you're listening. I have heard a couple times now, Chris, from a lot of reviewers that I genuinely trust that it is one of the best, if not the best, Marvel origin story. And that's a bold statement. I, I expected this one to be a home run, man. Uh, I really did. Well, it's an exciting time, right? And let's also forget, I didn't mention this earlier, we've been talking about Phase 4, we've been talking about the implications of Phase 4, because, Chris, all we have right now of Phase 4 that we have physically seen is Black Widow. And that's the first thing. Technically, that's the movies, though. We have seen WandaVision, we have seen Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we have seen Loki Season 1. Those were also Phase 4. Those were also just setting the table, just like Black Widow. It's true. I think Loki did more than set the table, though. But yeah, you're right. It told a fantastic story, but it was the beginning. I think the last episode of Loki is the beginning of Phase 4. Yeah, it's true. But let's also not forget, in this phase, and you and I talked about this on our Marvel News episode, if you want to go back and listen to that, but also in this phase, very soon... I mentioned the movies. We have Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. We have Thor, Love, and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Marvels, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and Fantastic Four. But then we have all these shows that they're continuing to pursue. Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Oh, yes. And then Ironheart and the Armor Wars and a Untitled Wakanda series. This is phase four. And those were all television series, which arguably means they can be more creative, more content, and stretch things more. So I really think this is the phase one of the future of the MCU. Oh, yeah. They're absolutely setting it up for either an explosion of superheroes in this universe or some kind of convergence of dimensions or something. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to it's gonna take off. It's going to feel like a very lived-in universe, much like Star Wars. And I, I'm very excited for the content. More excited for the shows than I am the movies, I do believe, just because the shows can be more adventurous, like you were saying. And Moon Knight. I'm 110 percent more interested in the shows than the movies. Cool. I'm glad I'm. I'm glad I'm not alone in that one. I mean, I can't explain how much even Falcon Winter Soldier, which was by far the safest, most cookie cutter MCU show. You know, it was a passing of the mantle thing too, right? As Chris would say, absolutely. It still was good, but I think Wandavision and Loki were great. And on top of the greatness, I think that they just broke open the door, Chris, creatively for the MCU. On their worst day, that's what they're doing, and I think they're doing more than that because they fleshed out characters. Namely, also just Wanda and Vision getting fleshed out is what they deserved so much longer ago, you know, in the MCU. I'm happy that happened, but the Loki show was not only fleshing out Loki, 
and keeping him alive and doing a lot of different things, it was obviously exploding the greater MCU. Exactly. We got more Bucky. We got more Sam Cap. We got more Vision. And we got Wanda actually ascending to the Scarlet Witch, which is all crazy stuff. But then Loki actually, we got a new storyline for Loki where he's still alive and he's got all these stories to tell. But more importantly, the entire fabric of the universe changed in Loki. And you can list our Loki episode to talk about that. But that was the beginning. You're right, Chris. That was the beginning of this. And now the Spider-Man trailer makes more sense if you've seen those shows. If you haven't seen your shows, you're exactly. still probably you're probably still excited, though, right? What this, right? And you want to know what's going on. And there when you go. talk to your friends <laughs> at work, they're going to say, oh, just watch Loki. And you're going to say, I don't have Disney Plus. And they'll say, use my login. It's fine. <laughs> you'll watch it. Then you'll get it yourself. It's, it's true. I'm telling you, it's that leak, I think. And I mean, I'm conspiracy theorying right here. I have no insider information. I know nothing. Okay. But like, it just makes so much sense if the leak of the trailer was, you know, a quote unquote leak. Dude, they're killing it with Disney Plus. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. 2022 is going to be an incredible year for us fans. And, and namely a fan like myself, Chris, who's, you know, Star Wars comes before Marvel for me. Like 2022 is the year they're also doing all these Marvel shows, just tons of them. Same with Star Wars. They're going full gambit. The Book of Boba Fett, Andor, The Bad Batch Season 2, The Obi-Wan Show, which is my most anticipated show of all time. And then we got some Lego specials. And then we have The Mandalorian Season 3. That's all 2022 for Star Wars. Is Ahsoka not 2022? They haven't set an, ex- an exact date on it yet, so... No, I can't wait. <laughs> I know. I think they'll probably do that later in the year 2022, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's tons of content, Chris. That's tons yeah, of man. content. And, and Marvel's doing more than that, because Marvel always does more than Star Wars. But it's still one of those things like, I'm here for this, man. I'm here for new stories, innovative things, new characters in the show format. Especially in the sh- the short show format, I think that's a good decision. Like the book of Boba Fett's only gonna be eight episodes. Loki was six. You know, I think that works. And they can always return to future seasons. And they've kind of said that, like they're gonna have a Loki season two. You know, so I'd rather have less and want more than have too much. You know, but it's one of those things. It's gonna be a good face, I think. I agree. So, Chris, I'm gonna end on this last question. Presumably, we get a lot of Spider-Man villains in this Spider-Man No Way Home film. And presumably, we might get the Sinister Six formed by the end or something. Maybe. Who knows? That's my theory. All that aside, what Spider-Man villain are you most excited to see in this movie? I want to see Rhino. Okay. I've called for Rhino in MCP before. Yeah. Atomic Mass, hear my plea. I cover my face in ash. Yeah. I beseech thee. Atomic Mass Games. But we're not going to get Rhino. So I think if indeed it is Lizard, I am just beyond excited okay. to see that. I would love to see Jamie Foxx back as Electro. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it, those two. Those two are the plausible ones. I know your answer already. It's Willem Dafoe, baby. It's always Willem Dafoe. If you haven't seen The Lighthouse, see it immediately. Unless you don't like dark movies, then maybe don't see it. Him and Robert Pattinson are the only two actors in that film. It is outrageous. He's an incredible actor. It's made by Robert Eggers, the guy who made The Witch. It's an insane movie. I did enjoy The Witch. Then you should see The Lighthouse. It is insane. And what's even more insane, that they actually got lenses from that era to film the movie. So it's even in the aspect ratio and the lens format and style of that era. 
which is, you know, early lighthouse workers, man. It's a rough gig. It's a rough gig. Absolutely. But it's definitely Goblin for me, but I probably think, at least by what they're telling us in this trailer, that in this movie in particular, Doc Ock's going to be the main leader, potentially. Oh, absolutely. That that has been signaled to us for sure. Which is very consistent with a, a lot perfect. of the comics it's Sinister perfect. Six, right? Like, if we've got this Doc Ock going forward, this is great. This is great. So We'll see. There's a lot of ways they can take it. We'll see. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel, Crisis Protocol, and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy our show, you'd like more content like this, we can only do content like this because of our patrons on top of our normal show format of our character episodes and our news episodes. So consider supporting with a monthly contribution. We use this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. And this week... We have a very special and a very big thank you to Scott K. Scott, thanks, man. Thank you, Scott. And of course, Chris, we have to thank our Avenger producers who make this episode happen. Zach Attack, Rusty, and Keith. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So, Chris, that's going to do it for the show today. This was a shorter form episode, though we, we gave you a lot of content here. Because these are just our initial impressions of the Spider-Man trailer. We haven't done any like super deep dives or, you know, we just watched the trailer a lot. Yeah. We're not looking at any conspiracy theories or fan theories or leaks of, no. of Andrew Garfield on set or anything like that. Though, Chris, yeah. that's something I didn't mention in this episode. I still think it's possible to get a Daredevil cameo in this movie. They've kind of opened all the doors now and set up Daredevil coming to She-Hulk and stuff or even Kingpin. I think we're more likely to see a Matt Murdock okay, yes. than Daredevil, and I think we're more likely uh, Murdock and Nelson advertisements or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised to see an Alias Investigations advertisement somewhere. I mean, what if it was simple as something like Matt Murdock is representing Peter and this whole something. situation, like where he's trying to like legally get himself out of trouble with this whole situation because they show you in the trailer that he's in the police station. He's in handcuffs. He's apparently a murderer of a Mysterio, right? Even though it was Mysterio's own drones who did it looked like it framed Peter. Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, so that would be a perfect time for a Matt Murdock cameo, but not a major role. I think just to set up, him later in the MCU. I think. I don't know. Absolutely. And then, of course, we could just see Kingpin in the distance and we'd be happy. You know, if you recently listened to our Kingpin episode, it was very recent. We sang very high praises of Vincent D'Onofrio. It's all there, Chris. Even if it's one of those things like Doc Hawk has a meeting at the end of the movie, start forming the Sinister Six, we see Vincent D'Onofrio there. That's enough. You know, <laughs> bring him into another show. Bring him in somewhere else. <laughs> I think it'd have to be a different version of the Kingpin because the the Kingpin we get... yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, our kingpin. <laughs> he leads. He does lead. Okay. You're right. He leads. He would say, no, I'm in charge. Sit down. Yes. Or he would say that he's adjacent. He would cooperate with I them. I think that's he what he would never do. take orders. It's so true. But Chris, this, you know, people have been asking for these mergers, these things for years, and it's finally happening and happening in an organic way, really. It's not like one of those things like, Oh, you get Spider-Man for a movie. We get Spider-Man for a movie. You, you get Venom for a movie. You get, we get Venom for a movie. It, this is seeming like they have a plan, Sony and Disney. And I'm happy about that. That's the secret sauce, isn't it? Yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the MCU secret sauce is that they've had a plan and they have now included Sony into that plan. And Sony has agreed 
Therefore, I think they're going to be good movies. I do not trust Sony as a studio yet to stick to a plan on their own, but maybe they'll learn a lesson here. Anyway, guys, I'm going to take this opportunity to go ahead and wrap this episode up because Jesse and I will just keep talking it's true. and talking and talking. So I really appreciate you guys listening here to the end. If you liked this kind of no show notes yeah off the cuff conversational type episode please let us know yeah and you can do that through our social media just find us at fury's finest it really means a lot if you guys reach out and let us know you like this type of content we're gonna have more of it of course this is the beginning chris of this new phase of the mcu so we're gonna have a lot of this content in the future just hangouts where we discuss theories excitement disappointment looking at you black widow all sorts of content, you know, we're, we're just going to do it, you know, fit it into the regular format of the show and kind of supplement your MCP content. We hope you really enjoy it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 